This is Inside Berkeley. I'm Michael Keith Feldman. Our guests today are multi-Grammy-winning musicians, composers, and producers Bela Fleck and Victor Wooten, who are reuniting as Bela Fleck and the Flecktones for two weeks of concerts in June. Both Wooten and Fleck are often considered the most influential living musicians on their respective primary instruments. Bass for Wooten, a performance scholar in residence at Berkeley, and banjo for Fleck, who has won 14 Grammys across a wide spectrum of categories. We caught up with Wooten and Fleck in the office of Berkeley Bass Department Chair Steve Bailey. The Flecktones music has been described as blue bop for a mixture of bluegrass and bebop jazz, but you also draw on funk, reggae, spoken word hip hop, Celtic music, swing, folk, rock. I'll stop there, but the list could go on and on. So with so many genres in your palette, can you give us a sense of your creative process and the breakdown between pre-written composition and improvisation? Well, first I would just say that uh, our goal has never been to like have a lot of different kinds of music in. It's, it's, it's more of a natural outgrowth of our sort of appreciation of a lot of great music that's out there and that we all, I guess we maybe we're all like citizens of the world. We, we're aware of it all and a lot of times when we start playing a new piece it'll just pop out. I can't think, maybe Victor you can remember, but I can't remember us ever going well, let's see how we can mix reggae and Irish music. I, I can't no. say that that has ever ever been the way it, hap- it came about. No. A lot of times it just happens because someone starts playing reggae or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Keep mm-hmm. going with it. Well, then yeah. I might go, oh, I'm gonna, I wonder if this, uh, if this fiddle tune will work over the top of that. And all of a sudden it clicks. Mm-hmm. But we do definitely notice when, some, when, when things work and try to keep their discrete elements intact so that they remain themselves. It's really fun to play simultaneously in different fields and things like that. But I think the Flectons has been kind of a workshop of like a place where we could all uh, improve as musicians and also develop ideas and have a place to, to try them out and put them into, into songs and try to m- make something that works out of these disparate ideas. Yeah. And stick, you know, four very creative people together and find a way to make a musical whole that, you know, that people can listen to out there right and as a band creative and accepting you know everyone is ex- accepting of each other but also of all different styles of music we're not saying well we're jazz band we have to stick to this or whatever and not that that's wrong but we're just open to all different types of music as a whole so whatever anybody brings in we're willing to try it yeah. and if it works we keep it if not we try something else yeah so you recorded and toured in 2011 2012 and then went on hiatus what prompted you to regroup now we had been flirting with the idea of having a reunion like a full-on reunion like we had before like a, like a big year of, of doing that again and we talked about 2017 to do that but when we when we got together to talk about it it was very hard for us all to put that year away everybody had things brewing had 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 life plans going on families all these different things and um, so we decided to put it on hold for the moment and then and part of it is because we've never done the flectones halfway like we've always said if we're gonna do the flectones there's gonna be new music that we're gonna be trying to make some new point we're gonna be trying to um, and that was um, that really served us well over the years because we would really support our records. We would go out and perform them, and we'd take that music to the people, and really get behind it. But now that at this later point, it's very hard for people to make that same commitment with everything we all have going on in our lives. Um, so I thought, well, maybe it's just not the you know maybe we won't be doing it for a while. But then we got this offer 
um, from Telluride, uh, Craig Ferguson called me up and said, what are you going to do with Telluride this year? And, and I said, I, I don't know. You know, I, I have a current project for it. He said, what about Flectones? And I said, well, you know, we could experiment with the idea that the Flectones doesn't have to be an all-in thing like that, that the only way we can do the Flectones is if we clear out a year. I said, why don't I ask the guys, and I'll just see what they think. Because I think it's, it's sad that we can't find some time to get together and play, you know. And so um, I sent out a note to everybody, and immediately everybody wrote back, yes, I would love to do that. So I said, let's try it this way. Let's just, let's just get together for a couple of weeks. We'll have a few days of rehearsal. We don't have to write a whole new album, and let's just go have some fun together and see where that leads us the next time. And so that's, this is our first experiment with, with that. And luckily, we've been able to get most of our crew back together, which is the hardest thing. And if it wasn't for having to put together a stage crew, a road crew that knows us and can make it all work, we could get together and do a weekend every once in a while. You know, but it's, it's a little harder with the complicated equipment that we have. So in this case, we were able to get most of the guys. And, and uh, in the future, we'll just see what everyone wants to do after this. That's my answer. <laughs> and sticking to it. Yeah. No, but yeah, the only thing I would add is, is um, it's, it's exciting for all of us to get to do it. But like Bela said, whenever we did get together, and at first we toured for I don't know how many years hard. You know, it was a great thing and, and skyrocketed each each of our careers. And when we started taking more time off, um, you know, we knew that if we were going to do it again, we were going to be in it deep, you know, which is new music, new record, touring for a year. And now, you know, I've got four kids that are getting older and I've been away from them and, you know, and I don't want to be away as much. I'm trying to find more time at home. So when Bela brought it to us and we're like, two weeks? Really? You know, the Flectones are only going to do two weeks? And it was like, yeah, let's do that, you know? So it's a way to get excited uh, without having to look real long term, which is what raises the questions. You know, right. can my wife... Can I be away? You know, my daughter's in college. My, you know, mm -hmm. two weeks. Oh man, maybe my kids can come to part of it. Right. So it was a new way, but it had to. For me, it took a new way of thinking about the flectones because mm -hmm. the flectones don't think in two weeks. We think in a year. We think, you know, okay, we're going to record a new record, but first we have to write it. So that's two years, right. which is like Bela said, it's always worked for us, and uh, it's always been exciting, and it's made us all who we are and the band what it is. But now, uh, to be able to think differently, to, th to sink our teeth into these two weeks, it'll be fun to go back and relearn this n you know, old music without having to think of creating new music. And to go back to Telluride Bluegrass, which is one of our first shows playing there. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement for us and hopefully the fans too, surrounding these two weeks that are coming up in June. Absolutely. So, in anticipation of the June shows, let's take a listen to some live fleck tones. Uh, from the 1996 album Live Art, here's one of my all-time favorites, Stomping Grounds. One thing that always strikes me in listening to your music is how closely you are clearly listening to each other. Even in your solos, 
it's so evident that you're having a conversation, not just taking turns, which is one of those skills that many of our students are here to hone. Any advice on that front? Well, I, that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal. Like if, if I, like a lot of times I'm sort of the producer or like I'm the one who's like listening back to takes and stuff like that or saying, wow, what, 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 what excites me? And when I hear conversation uh, in any music I'm working on, whether it's flectones or anything else, that's so much more exciting to me than hearing one person um, do a bunch of fancy stuff and everybody else lay back and get out of the way. Now, that's the truth is the probably the very best is to have a variety of, of all of these things happening, conversation and people doing their thing and supporting each other. But I, I love to hear somebody play something amazing and hear the other band members go, uh-huh, somehow or other on their instruments or actually solo simultaneously or the things that are a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit different, like different different ideas for how to all play together. But I think in jazz, that's like the, the thing. And, and sometimes I think that like in straight ahead jazz, conversation has almost killed uh, the the listening experience for, for, for listeners because um, in the old days, you know, there was a groove and then you, you danced to jazz and it was like that. And the more esoteric it's gotten, the bass player's playing this one line, the horn player's playing this other line. And you have to be an expert to understand how it all goes together. And yet, that's that's the highest ideal of a realized great jazz performance uh, in, in modern jazz. So, I think it's great to take those things from it, you know, and apply it to our music. Take the things we love about that, you know, that kind of a conversation, and apply it to, you know, what we do. So, just before we recorded this, you were delivering a clinic to Berkeley students. Uh, Bela, you also recently spoke to 120 Berkeley students at Warner Music Nashville for the college's annual spring break trip there. And Victor, you lead one of Berkeley's most popular summer programs in addition to your own music and nature camp. So as you look at the next generation of musicians, what do you see and what do you hope that they will learn from you? First, I'll say that I believe music is in good hands. There are some great musicians. We, as, as you said at the workshop, we just got a chance to play with a few really really great musicians people don't know their names yet but they will um, but speaking for my own self as a bassist the bass instrument as an instrument not as a role as an instrument bass is young the, especially the electric bass is roughly 60 something years old and so there's people playing the electric bass that are older than the instrument so as far as instruments go the electric bass is an infant and infants grow and change daily, right? And that's what's happening to the bass. Every week on YouTube, you see some new techniques that's virtuosic and incredible. But we're also running the risk of forgetting that original role of what the instrument was designed to do. And so one of my goals in sharing my love of the instrument and music is to make sure that as we are expanding the instrument, we are still in touch with the role which is basically a support instrument it's to lay down that foundation for the vocalist for the story to be told the melody and things like that so you know for the for the up-and-coming musicians and for us old folks too is to remember that that role so that we under so that we learn to to display our instrument in a complete way not just the solo part the solo bass part the technical part but to be able to play whole notes and long notes and and to be able to understand that communication thing that you were just talking about a minute ago, all of these things that can only happen when we play with people. I will say that um, 
when, when I was desiring to learn more about the banjo and, and jazz in particular, I would have loved to have come to Berkeley. I, I was in Boston playing in a bluegrass band, and it just wasn't an option for a banjo player at that time. So I'm pretty thrilled that the school has embraced the acoustic musicians, and and that's one of the great strengths of the, the new Berkeley that I'm seeing is, is all these fiddle players and banjo players and people um, are being accepted and being part of the conversation. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy about that. And there's a lot of great ones that are coming out. And Boston has become a hub for a young acoustic player that wants to be part of the scene. There's now this huge scene in Boston that really wasn't like that when I lived here back in the 70s. So I think that's a real step forward. You can you can major on the banjo here. Right. That's a pretty incredible turn of events. I'm, I'm really happy to see that happening. But it's great when there's dialogue between the different musical forms. And this is one of those places that can shape a lot of people's opinions so no one's looking down on each, each other everybody's looking at each other with equality and understanding and value sure mm-hmm. sure so let's listen to Bela Fleck and the Fleck tones practicing some of what they've been preaching to Berkeley students from the 2011 album Rocket Science here's Gravity Lane of your works together have this intergalactic theme <laughs> flight of the cosmic hippo ufo tofu uh mars needs women space is a lonely place mudslingers of the milky way are you guys hoping to be the the first band to perform on the moon or, or where where does this theme stem from <laughs> man the moon is old school we're waiting for mars <laughs> i think we all you know it was um you know kind of coming out of that time i think you know star trek was on and I read a lot of science fiction when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. And then um, the first album cover draft for the first Flectones album had this, you know, was was like a a, an, a banjo in outer space, you know, like an old-fashioned like woodcut almost. Mm-hmm. And then everybody seemed to be playing in a way that people considered to be very progressive or unusual. Like, where did that come from? Well, maybe it's another. Play. It just started to be fun, so we just kept on playing with that idea. Then the flight of the cosmic hippo. Which originally was, uh, we had that we were playing that tune, and it was just you know it was just like a New Orleansy kind of funky little tune, and uh, we asked the audience to for titles. We would ask and and uh, we get a big hat full of song titles at the end of a performance, <laughs> and one night we opened and we go through them and sort of laugh. Sometimes we get a good one, but we hadn't really used any till that point. And then someone wrote one that said "Fly to the Codeine Hippo," because it sounded like Victor had Victor had this boom, boom. Boom, bassless, really drunken bass line on his low bass, the Jeff Compito bass. And we all thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, but that, we, we didn't want to put codeine in, you know, we, we've always been a clean band. We didn't want you know, to put drugs in the titles of any of our songs, and we didn't want to put off anybody who, you know, kids. And it was just a very, just not where we were coming from. So, but then the idea Cosmic came up, and, and, uh, and so we decided to, to, title that song flight of the, the cosmic hippo and then the idea came to to take the original album art and expand it be further back and what we thought was mars was actually the butt of this hippo in the second so the for the first five or six albums every album was just like every album cover was like you just had come back uh, further back and saw more and more of the picture yeah an expanded view 
Yeah. Each was, album cover was an expanded view of the last album cover. Right. It was very cool. I did not realize that. Yeah, and now really I have cool. to go double check. That's right. But <laughs> you got to go out and buy them all. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> I have a few. Need to get the rest. And then unfortunately with that great artwork, like our album was one of the first ones that Warner Brothers did not put on LP. So they said, uh, you're going to be one of our first CD-only releases. And at the time, it was kind of frustrating because it meant that all the people with LPs would not buy the record. Mm. And so it felt like mm. a, a disappointing to us. Sure. Uh, part of the future, but, you know, what about all the people that weren't going to get CDs for another few years? They just wouldn't be, participate. But we did, we did just fine. Mm -hmm. we did just and fine. then just recently, they released Flight of the Cosmic Hippo as an LP on vinyl. So yeah. It comes around. Mm -hmm. Right. right. <laughs> Victor Wooten and Bela Fleck. Thank you very much for joining us today for Inside Berkeley. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thanks. Let's go out with the tune we were just discussing, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones' Flight of the Cosmic Hippo. That Cosmic Hippo will ride again when the Flecktones return to touring in the first two weeks of June 2016. For more information, visit flecktones.com. Basis, age 15 and up, interested in studying with Victor Wooten this summer, should visit berkeley.edu slash summer. Special thanks for this episode to Base Department Chair Steve Bailey, Communications Director Rob Hoschild, and Special Projects Manager Tony Brown. I'm Michael T. Feldman for Inside Berkeley.